Hey there. Uh, this is Nick. Uh, I am sitting here on the 14th of March, and I have to give a quick correction because one of the topics that we discussed on Friday uh, on the day of recording has changed in the period of time of recording to releasing the episode. So we, uh, one of the topics that we talk about is Dimitris Kufantinas and his hunger strike that has been going on for a little over two months. And as of today, the 14th of March, he has ended his hunger strike uh, and gave the following statements uh, as such. So uh, he says... The world judges those who took to the streets, but what is happening out there is much more important than the reason why it started. And he continues, In the face of the force of these struggles, I declare for my part that with my heart and my mind, I am there among you all. So, um, yeah, just before you go into the episode, know that then that he has ended his hunger strike and that while, uh, you know, the news that we are reporting on is not entirely up to date in the episode uh still does not uh take away from the discussion i think that we have uh in the next 45 minutes that you'll be listening to so thank you once again for all your support and enjoy the episode this is this is a question for you two uh i guess this could be a cold open do americans say shat yeah the past, past tense of, of shit, shit? Yeah, i guess no. so it's like a joke like I would never seriously say I shat. Well, no, wait. I shat my pants. Yeah, you could say that. You can use shit, you like, can use shit. I shit my pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can use shit. It can be tense, present yeah. or past. Yeah, shat <laughs> sounds a little a little foreign. Yeah, <laughs> don't did shat my pants, bruv. I stopped saying shat after say uh, after the French did not join us in invading Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I that was Rob's my freedom fries moment right there. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Welcome to your weekly Corner Spatey. It's myself, Nick, joined with Kieran. Yo. And Rob. Hola. Uh, the only reason I said Kieran first is because his face appeared only in the screen on Skype. So I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Rob. I would have done you first. But No worries. <laughs> yeah, we're coming at you, you know, after also recording the CDU episode last night. So, uh, uh, two maybe not so fun topics back to back, but, you know, yeah. bear with us. We're real, real uh, heroes of the pandemic, just podcasting every night. Yeah. And also um, apparently doing a stream, too, in the near future. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot. A couple uh, of days. <laughs> Sorry. We'll talk about this after. I told someone I was. <laughs> Yeah, so I've been wanting to do an episode on this for a a minute, to say the least, and uh, I think that now is the appropriate time, also because I finally sat my ass down and made an outline for us. Um, we're talking about Greece, you know, my uh, uh, my my dojo of a country that I know a lot about, where I don't speak the language well. So. Um, uh, for those who do not know, there have been protests going on in Greece. I would say the majority of this year. Yeah, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, for two different things, at least, Rob, you may have a third that will tie into it. But yeah, I would say the, the street protests are definitely the two topics you have. So why yeah. don't you introduce those? Yeah. So um, since uh, January, I would say January, February, there uh, people have been taking to the streets in Greece uh, concerning two major issues in the country, 
the first one being a um, a law that has been currently passed by the new democracy government of putting police on back onto university campuses for the first time since 1973, and the second one being um, the hunger strike of uh, uh, Dimitris. Uh, uh, Kufantanis, Kufantinas, sorry, I can't fucking read right now, uh, who's been on a hunger strike since January, uh, January 8th of this year. And they, they're weird, like, they're kind of connected, kind of not connected in a, like, weird historical sense. Um, yeah, they're but, both attacks on the left, you can call it that. Yeah, very um, much so. Uh, the third one I wanted to introduce before we start talking about those two, which is a little bit of a backdrop, is that since January of this year, uh, what's been called Greeks Me Too has kicked off uh, with uh, an Olympian. Actually, I don't know what she did. She's famous in Greece. <laughs> Sophia Bekatoro gave an interview talking about how she was sexually uh, harassed and assaulted uh, when she was younger. And this has led to wave of discussion in, in Greece, and you know, I think I think most people are aware of me too. A lot of it is centering around the head of the or the director of the National Theater, Dimitris Lignadis, who has now resigned as of a couple weeks ago. Um, horrible stuff. I mean, one the the article we were reading calls it a Epstein level pedophile, which doesn't seem. Like too much of an exaggeration when you consider the fact that he is tight with Mitsotakis. He was appointed director of the National Theater last year when when the um, new, new Democracy came into power, and all the richest people in the country are trying to defend him or be like, "Well, we don't really know what's going on. You know, let's hold up." Um, that's all going on in the background too. So yeah. there's a lot going on in Greece. <laughs> So um, I kind of wanted to simply take this in twofold because uh, while these protests are, yeah, like we said, uh, attacks on the left and weirdly related to two historical movements that are related to each other, which is the fall of the dictatorship in 1973, um, the police on campuses one has probably been one of the most apparent ones. I think that people outside of Greece are, are at least somewhat knowledgeable about that. Mitsotakis has had, um, as we've seen with the um, clearing out of leftist spaces in Exarchia and with the establishment of new task forces, uh, like within like the national, like the Greek National Guard and whatnot, to take on you know quote unquote terrorism and other you know sort of things. One uh, bill that he proposed and that he was talking about actually for a bit last year, and then finally putting into law was that he was creating a special task force to put. Um, the police back onto campuses in uh, in uh, all of Greece, and for those who don't know, like we're gonna you know travel back in time. Yeah, I'm sure we've mentioned it on this program before, but it's always worth a reminder. Yeah, but it, I mean, there's always good to have little refreshers. So the uh, uh, the military dictatorship of Greece that ended uh, in 1973 started because of the protests. Uh, at the Polytechnical campus of in in Athens, and, in Exarchia, yeah, in in Exarchia actually too, yeah. And uh, since the fall of the dictatorship, Greece has had a very uh, strong uh, tradition of keeping these spaces removed from like police and military presence. And these spaces, universities, obviously are are like you know, 
and we can just call them like safe spaces for left-wing thought and left-wing activism within the country and have a point historically, obviously, of that then it's, you know, this, you know, democratic right for students to then exist without this pressure. And then also the sense, too, that then the left has done a lot of their work from within universities. And if you've been to the Polytechnical Campus in Athens, it's um, very much apparent that it's a left-wing space, let's just say that, just spray-painted everywhere with, with, with you know, left-wing slogans, and that there's um, very much this kind of tradition that then has been alive and well in Greece um, uh, amongst the left of preserving this. And so Mitsotakis then... Seeing this, obviously, of something that then that he does not have control of has been, you know, slowly but surely trying to then um, utilize the power that he he has, you know, remember, without a coalition to uh, establish police presence back onto campus in the creation of said new task force that then is there. So uh, since February... Uh, there have been pretty much nonstop protests in front of the parliament in Greece to, you know, in, in protest of this before even the bill passed, actually. And then Mitsotaki's going through with it, regardless of the disapproval from parliamentary members who also protest protested in front of the uh, um, parliament and from, you know, the left themselves, obviously, who he doesn't give yeah. a shit about. This is the... Uh a necessary reminder of the of the rule in Greece that the majority party gets plus fifty seats. Um, yeah, which yeah, yeah, yeah. That little fun enjoying. tidbit that was yeah. So uh, Greece, for those who don't know, you have the option of getting fifty more seats if you um, if you need to make a majority. Um, which I will add was added because the United States was very upset with Greece unable to make majorities back in the early foundation of the government after the Civil War. So the U.S. suggested this amendment to their parliamentary system in order so that they could have a majority because the government kept failing, and uh, in order for them to then to reap in uh, uh, Marshall Plan aid, which surprise surprise did not develop Greece, like very much went into developing complete stupid things that were uh, benefiting the upper echelon of Greek politics, like, you know, shipping and shit like that. We assume with, Mm. uh, uh, that we associate with Greece currently with why is the Greek economy so unstable? It's America's fault. I'm just going (laughs) to leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) But the newest waves of protests have started because of, uh, the person that I mentioned earlier, uh, Dimitris, uh, uh, Kofantinas, who was uh, supposed to be moved to a lower... uh, So I have to back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back up a second here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was... uh, For those who don't know, he was a member of the uh, 17th of November organization. and The leading member by the end, I believe, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was... He's he's called in the media as like the hitman for the 17th of November. Which is a little disrespectful, I feel like. Because like, come on, he's like... I mean, like, like a, a lifelong. One dude couldn't have done all this shit. Like, <laughs> like Hitman hit is like, we watched the hit, Hitman is like, I'm just doing a job, and it's like it was not a job. Like, even if you disagree with him, he was like a lifelong committed revolutionary. Like, Hitman is just a little, little slander, but I guess that's what they can say about you when you lose. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So the 17th of November 
is a um, they were an organization that propped up. Uh, they're actually named after the date of which the protests at the Polytechnical Institute start, and um, they were a Marxist organization that then was adamant about uh, targeting. Uh, particularly U.S. and Turkish installations in Greece that they felt were, you know, problematic, to say the least. They also wanted to <laughs> thwart Greece into, you know, some sense of, a, you know, very much, I would say, on like a Maoist level sort of like, you know, revolution of like on the ground, like, like guerrilla warfare sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And We were going back um, and forth, um, like comparing them. How do they compare to like the RAF or these similar armed guerrilla groups in Western Europe, you can, I guess they're similar um, where we can talk about a few of the differences. Um, one is that they, they got some results. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading a lot of uh, like, they got a, to put it, to put it crudely, they got a, they got a, they racked up a, a, a high score. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when your first confirmed kill is the head, the CIA chief in Athens, like the CIA station chief, that's that's bragging rights for any kind of um, yeah, yeah, in in the Deadpool bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so from the seventies onwards. (laughs) Uh, until the two thousands, actually, this uh, the seventeenth of November uh, carried out a series of twenty. I think it's what twenty six or twenty three confirmed um, confirmed kills of uh, uh, you know targeted assassinations of certain peoples, whether it be uh, you know uh, particularly like U.S. Navy officials, uh, people within you know shipping magnates, uh, people who had association with the Turkish government. They. Um, yeah, to I I think in calling them a terror organization is a little bit too extreme and charged. Like they, yeah, they were they were doing targeted assassinations on people that they didn't like. So and we can just I'm yeah. just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to use the T word, but nonetheless, they murdered a lot of people. If you agree with them or not, you know, up to you. I'm not going to try to you know convince you that they were cool or shitty or whatever. But um, he had been in prison on 11 life sentences uh, for his, you know, apparent work as a hitman. Yeah. He got, he got, um, in 2002, there was some, somehow they, I mean, cause the organization lasted for a long time. I mean, like you said, it started, yeah, it started big in the set in 1975. Um, but it was still going. And in 2002, I think there was some mishap and some info was leaked and they were arresting a lot of members of the group and Kufontinas, basically turned himself in. So it was like this dramatic yeah. story where he's like, yeah, here I am. I think because he was, I don't know the exact leadership organization of the group, but as some kind of leader taking re- responsibility for like, you know, turning himself in to like put the actions on him. And of course he said, I'm, I don't have his exact quote, but he's like, yeah, I, re- I regret nothing. I apologize for nothing. They were my like, you know, I'm King shit. Uh, it's right here. I am not ashamed. I do not repent. I am proud to have taken part in this great struggle for the freedom of humankind. Um, that was um, in court in 2007 when he was sentenced. But saying, I'm just like, yeah, f- to not, so to stop more arrests, basically. I don't know if more arrests happened. Yeah. That was his intention. Yeah. Uh, so the thing that, that um, at least in his case, was that uh, he was this entire time in prison 
and kind of in this very you know typical sense of you know good behavior he's also you know getting quite up there in age he was organized to be moved to a lower security facility um which he and his lawyer had already gotten pretty much the approval for that was going to happen come i believe early this year if i'm not mistaken the mitsotaki's government um said fuck that and moved him to a high security facility in greece and he wishes to be returned back to the facility that he was at previously which was just kind of like a mid-level prison um and has then gone on hunger strike since then and as uh rob mentioned earlier that this was a thing that mitsotaki's had as as his campaign promise like one of one of his campaign promises going into the 2019 elections yes single him out by name saying we won't allow any i mean we've talked in past episodes about amisotakis and and neodemokratias kind of taking on of you know, lawlessness anarchism and all these things as like a you know as a means to control spaces uh, whether it's universities or or squats um yeah, um, solid solidarity spaces, I guess you can say. Um, and I, I feel like I don't know the exact quote, but he did single him out directly, saying we won't allow any like um, like loosening of the um, punishment or something against him. Yeah, and, and they, yeah, and they, he, they, he kept his word. <laughs> yeah, they doubled down and then took him to a high security facility, and then on his he like I said went into hunger strike, and then into the fifty fourth day of his hunger strike. Um, I'm pretty sure on the back of the protests of the um, the anti-university police protests that have been happening, there were then people coming on the street showing support, you know, coming in solidarity out for him, uh, you know, of his hunger strike. And uh, the fear that then uh, came into within the Greek conservatives and I would say people just like general, like liberal kind of international community who has their eyes set on Greece is very afraid currently right now of then what could come because this group is historically quite problematic for them. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. To clarify, the 54th day was la- Tuesday, the March 2nd. Yeah. So we've had um, the student protests basically ongoing throughout the year. This hunger strike started in early January and it was, I don't know, the, the 54th day was when things really kicked off. Uh. Yeah, and there's, he, uh, he uh, within this time, uh, as of recording this, he has been reassess- uh, resuscitated once for kidney failure, which I believe happened four days ago or so, I believe on the 9th or 8th or something like that. Don't mm, quote yeah. me on the date. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, the government is still, you know, very much, uh, taking the side that they're making the right decision. Another link to the RAF, and I know RAF prisoners, uh, I mean, because several of them, um, at least one famously, uh, Hoga Mainz died in hunger strike, but several of the living uh, later members of the RAF did uh, put out a press release where I first learned that Mitsutaki singled them out in solidarity with um, Gufantinas. This has been, I think, more and more of a tactic that we've been seeing from, like, people within the left. Like, uh, if people don't know, like, look at, like, uh, Group Yorum in Turkey, who you've had multiple members who have died in uh, uh, um, uh, in Turkish uh, uh, 
prisons because of their very explicit, you know, Marxist beliefs and whatnot, and their ties to the Turk, the to the Kurdish struggle, their their ties to the the uh, like one of the Turkish communist parties. Um, this is something that then is also like I mean, we talk about Europe in the sense of the EU, but like we do talk about Turkey as being a European country as well, and. Yeah. That is like two members of of two or three members of of a band, a band who were then you know seen by the Turkish government as being too radical, have died in prison because of you know the Erdogan regime, you know, mm. in solidarity with an international struggles and this and that and that, you know. And I would argue that then Mitsotakis is very much becoming much much more authoritarian than we've seen uh, of you know, more recent Greek leaders. I don't know. Like Greece is always a weird thing because they kind of exist in this limbo of like kind of Europe, kind of not. And there is this, like there is this acceptance that then like Mitsotakis could have like an, an Orban level authoritarian trend. And the majority of Europe would ignore it because they're doing well. Well, they're not even doing well businessly, but business wise, well, (laughs) economically, horribly. You know, so I I do think that then like the like vulgar, explicit Marxist look at Europe in this sense is actually true in Greece's case, you know? Yeah, it's it's a weird contradiction of like Greece just has a lot of shit going on with it. And it's all to do with the Cold War, I guess, or a lot of it is. And that structure maintained because like, you know, they were kept separate from all their neighbors to the north culturally and politically yeah they were kept separate from their neighbor the east because as you nick have pointed out before in the podcast that the communists in turkey and the communists in greece actually got on swimmingly um and we can't have that so we install these like nationalist governments that bring up anti-turk anti-greek fervor um so like it's just this weird isolated like they can kind of pretend they're like italy i guess (laughs) which i'm proof of that king yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are a product of the Cold War, but like, um, yeah, like this is the weird thing of just like, oh yeah, Gre- like Greece is this like sick man of Europe, and then we let Bulgaria into the EU, and you're like, oh wait, actually, this is in the context geograph like geographically, this all makes more way more sense if you look at their yeah. neighbors. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and just like to get right back on topic for a second, and then we can kind of go back hmm. to the sense of how this affects the left is that, um. So these uh, uh, protests, obviously, as you can imagine, erupted violently. And a lot of videos have been showing that the police have been beaten by the protesters. And I would like to then add a small caveat that uh, this is in retaliation for the police taking protesters and just brutally beating the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. So there was a video that, that surfaced at the beginning of this week with the police doing that. That got kind of ignored. I think I saw like Redfish picked it up and like put it into like English media or the English, you know, language, you know, sphere of of things. And to be very fair, they've been doing very good video journalism on this. So if you do want more on the ground stuff, like check out Redfish's Instagram. They're the only one that I've been finding in English who's been very much um, on the ground with this stuff. Uh, But then a bunch of Greek conservative people. Uh, on Twitter, you know, Instagram, all this, were then retweeting the fact that I, I looked like 200 Greek anarchists just stormed police on their uh, on their motorcycles, 
and just ripped three officers off their bikes and just beat the absolute shit out of them. We're like throwing explosives at them, which, you know, I, I, I don't like, I'm just going to be honest. I don't have any sympathy for like, we, we've covered how Greek police are on this show multiple times. They're like, not like neo-Nazi views that are very much mm, intertwined oh yeah. there. I mean, we talked earlier in the sense on an episode where we had Pavlos Goufos on talking about Golden Dawn and how the police, like you can literally look about how like the police vote for Every Golden Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Had a police station and it voted Golden Dawn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to give any sympathy for them. I can understand the frustration coming on the ground of, um, you know, the Greek leftists taking out their very, you know, uh, uh, understandable rage and anger out on, you know, the police. Um, yeah, cab, I guess, in that sense. <laughs> yeah, you can, and you, I mean, I guess you do take our word for it, but if you don't want to, there are plenty of videos on Twitter uh, from journalists showing just Greek police going, like, from yeah. today, I mean, like, from two yeah. hours ago, just going ham. The, yeah, like that's that's the only place I've been saying this stuff. Yeah, when like, I was when I was yeah. in Greece, uh, uh, one time, like, like taking part in like a solidarity demonstration for um, the murder of Kilipi. Oh my God, the police really, really wanted to, you know, you know, uh, just lay out on you and you know shoot tear gas at the very first you know opportunity that they had when they cornered everyone into a very small alley. They're the they're like don't get me wrong police suck everywhere police in Greece are on a much different level of just being very 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 militaristic and fascist so mm. um, but these these uh, videos that then have been that then have been very selectively picked by certain people who are then kind of looking at them this stuff is then kind of being like oh look at these you know monsters look at how the like like they need to be dealt with this and that and that and you can see this a lot within the diaspora community especially so a lot of like australian and american greeks kind of sharing these videos being like what's going on with my in quotes country you know so uh and that very much gives a one at least in my opinion a very one-sided view of that i would say the majority of violence is being a, like you know started by the police you know one coming from first-hand experience two from coming to the sense of just like with the like what rob said every hour you can find videos of just police brutality coming out of greece with these uh with not even just the 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 protests um you know showing solidarity with um uh um Kofantinas, but also in the sense of the police brutality that then has come with the university strikes uh, university protests that have been happening so yeah that's uh, and there have been uh, just a uh, like I said earlier, just like a, a a a heightened sense of fear, I would say, amongst like Greek liberals of like, what's this violence gonna trigger? Yeah. This and that and that because of what this organization represents for the country historically. I mean, it seems like they're just gonna let them die, right? Like. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess they're like I guess they're hoping for that at this point, right? Like isn't what new democracy I mean new democracy I mean because like that's like I don't know, it's keeping a campaign promise, right? Yeah, I think so, right? With all this this um you know, protests and violence that then's you know been happening within the last few months, I think that we kind of need to you know, just kind of address it as what it is. And we mentioned this at the beginning of the show, is that, like, there's been a very explicit take from Mitsotakis of, you know, clamping down on the left in Greece. And, 
yeah, like, you know, you can take this, you know, I, I don't know how you could even, like, disagree with it, with it, to be very honest. Like, unless you're just a liberal being like, he's clamping down on terrorism. It's like, no, like, you know, the, the you know, evictions in Exotia, putting the police back there, you know, the, the current uh, 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 ruling for, you know, campuses, having police back on it, like, very explicitly, um you know, closing in on left-wing spaces, not even to mention the amount of bizarre lawsuits that have been coming up against refugees and NGOs that oh. help refugees, which um, we will do a full episode on that in a later day because uh, someone I know wants to come on and talk about that. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I think that that's, like, at the end of the day, something we always kind of have to keep in mind is that, like, while these protests are like obviously you know in solidarity and that the reaction from the government is brutal the like this didn't just pop up out of nowhere you know like this has been very much something that then Mitsotakis has been has been kind of hammering on on the national level his entire presidency since 2019 and as like as Rob said he campaigned on some of this shit yeah you know and I I, a lot of the uh, to to go back to the the university protest quickly. I mean, I do feel like it's a certain myopia, you know, of which the liberals are, of which is characteristic of the liberals, to say like, because it's like, yeah, they're selling cigarettes and like uh, knockoff sneakers on campus, and the police can't do anything, and it's like. Really? That's like so. We're gonna like, send in the military. That's your fucking thing that you're going after. Yeah, it's like oh, well, like, my like, son. My son came home with a pair of fake Dior Jordans. All right. Yeah. How do you my think I feel? My son came home. My son came home with a pair of Rubocks. And <laughs> heads must roll. And the other examples given are like, yeah, uh, class can't function because you know students are like occupying buildings too often. And like, <laughs> class can't function because the professors at the front of the lecture hall be like, "Dude, is those are those Rubox? Are you wearing Rubox right now?" <laughs> and it's just like but, to to treat those as like you know discrete problems of like how do we optimize learning? It's like just so, especially I mean, anywhere, but get particularly the FDP in degrees now. Come on, uh, let's just be honest but, here. But to say that anywhere is absurd. But particularly in Greece, w- with its political history, and in Greece of like under neo-democracy is Greece with like a renewed fight against the left. It's just like, what do people expect? Yeah, I I don't know. The thing that's actually pretty crazy about like, because you mentioned the sense of classes being unruly. We talked about this earlier in the show at the beginning of, like midway during Corona that then uh, schools in, I believe, Thessaloniki, like uh, staged strikes because they didn't want to go back to school with, corona happening so they closed a bunch of schools in in greece starting with these you know student strikes um which is sick like you know that's what you get we don't have cops on campus i guess is you know organized protest against a uh, country unable to react to coronavirus because he's too busy Mm -hmm. taking hikes in the mountains and taking photos with uh uh tom hanks yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to bring up that Tom Hanks is Greek, of course. I mean, my only comment is very not related to that, that, but just like, if you're a liberal complaining about education, 
Just do what a normal Western country does, which, you know, invent like Treehouse or Skillshare.com or something like daft like that. Like, put it all online. Like, this is, this is, this is Greece showing their hand that, like, we're not quite a Western country because our solution to a very liberal concern is police brutality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Uh, in the terms of, of, what Rob wants to talk about, though, of the 17th of <laughs> November. The thing that I will say is very interesting, just on, 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 on a little side caveat of that, maybe I agree with this statement, I don't know, is that uh, one of the members of Syriza, so a party that is not radical really in any way whatsoever, uh, as we all mm. know, uh, was quoted with uh, much disappointment from you know international liberal media that... Uh, 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 saying that the, no one was terrorized by the 17th of November. And I wouldn't, like, 100% disagree with that statement, like, in the sense of how, you know, I guess we have to, like, this is this comes under an entire conversation, and then, like, what is this version of terrorism between, like, you know, in the pre-9-11 world, you know? Like, left-wing terrorism, or if we're going to call it left-wing terrorism, whatever, but, you know, groups like the RAF or... ETA or you know 17th of November did their attacks on very specific targets maybe at most a couple times a year you know so it is like even in the sense of like like in the sense that then that he feels no remorse for what he did it's like yeah well whatever like I I don't I, I think that there is from that alone a general sympathy within like people who aren't of this establishment that don't see them as then this big scary terror organization because to be very fair if you're a normal person in greece you're not a target it's not how we view terrorism now it's like i'm gonna walk on the street and i could die from you know a terrorist attack that could you know potentially happen because i've seen too many episodes of 24 or some shit like that <laughs> you know and i think that then like realistically speaking of them just like viewing like like using this example as in like an anti-terror sort of thing is just kind of like you know obviously stupid and for obvious political gains and yeah like it is it is interesting of seeing that then how there's also been a lot of international support within Europe from people within the left then coming and and showing solidarity with him um yeah, I think that this is that this falls also just into a complete different historical block as well, right? Like, I mean, Rob, you know significantly more about this stuff than I do, but well, just with terror, it's it's twofold. One, I mean, first of all, if you believe certain conspiracies, uh, the the rise and prominence of like what we now know as terror attacks is like at least has the positive side effect of having you like you random civilian uh confuse politically directed um acts of yeah what to call them uh terrorism versus terror like um you know indiscriminate terrorism writ large which you, you know yeah has has had connections to intelligence agencies in the past i'll just leave it at that <laughs> um yeah. and i mean i i think it's interesting i was reading a bit about the the ruling in in 2007 and other members of uh, or even, um, you know, guerrilla members in, in underground groups in Greece. And there's a concerted effort, and this is not limited to, to just Greece, but limited to basically every country in Europe and the United States, that it wasn't political somehow, that they were, 
and you can disagree like or you can even think that that they had like i don't know a shaky understanding of marxism leninism i'm i'm going to let you hash out that debate but like to just say like yeah they were just you know i don't know punks going wild is like a that is like a concerted effort to basically yeah to erase the past right yeah. and to erase like your history <laughs> yeah i think that too that uh maybe i said this off air if i'm not mistaken uh, the thing I think is really interesting in the example of Greece and in the example of the 17th of November organization specifically is that there – I would argue that Greece has never really been like a free democratic country since its establishment, you know, even after British rule, but after the Civil War, after its military dictatorship. Um, and they're definitely – like Greece definitely for a lot of – you know, things within the Cold War were the proving grounds for a lot of things that then ended up in other parts of the world and vice versa, that then that they came back also into Greece with how then the CIA and the United States kind of had their thumb on this country. So from strictly a Marxist perspective, if you are a, you know, radical organization who then will take up violence, I think that that's legitimate in the sense, maybe not like, not saying that the the violence is legitimate. I'm not going to be quoted on the show saying that, but I think it's legitimate to have your understanding of being that you don't see that then the country that you live in as being then this, you know, bastion of liberal, like at least the basis of a bastion like liberal democracy, you know, and that Greece was always just kind of this weird plan of, of, you know, things have to keep chugging along and we will very much keep the left under our thumb, which is just historically true. Like, you know, the Communist Party was banned. Communist Party came back into power. Not back into power, came back into existence. Very little support. Greece has had one remotely left-wing government in the form of Syriza, who then immediately became just, like, you know, sterilized internally and externally. Um, how even though Syriza is a like probably like a neoliberal institution now, the international press that just you know continuously said that these are these radical socialists and that and that Greece has to exist within the sense of a like a like liberal fantasy of this preservation of this idea, and I think a lot of it actually has to do with the sense that then Greece being a Western democratic thing is just like a front because Greece is historically the birthplace of democracy as well, you know? And <laughs> it's, but I mean, cause, cause that's the thing is that Greek culture then during like in the post-civil war period was completely devoid of anything that wasn't just classics and bullshit. Like every artist moved to France and whatnot and, yeah, and yeah. what, and, and uh, the conservative governments of Greece up until the military dictatorship had this very dumb understanding of what Greece was as a nation, you know, it was very, this, yeah. this ethnic, you know, uh, homogenous sort of thing that then, like, obviously the Turks had, you know, no influence here, this and that and that, you know? And it is... Byzantium, what's that? Yeah. And I think it's it's just a continuation of this project. So I can I can at least understand from that perspective of how looking at that, regardless of if the actions themselves were then justified or not, that it is at least seeing it that, then that the Greece is a project benefiting the u.s and we see it also then after the financial crisis as well benefiting then you know germany and so on and so on and so forth greece is a financial playground at the moment yeah um 
Uh, I have two things to say about that, which is like, I, I don't think I ever really got around to this point when we did the Macedonia episode, but we did kind of talk about like Macedonia's antiquization of just like trying to connect their modern nation with this like culture from antiquity. Uh, and we kind of like laugh at that, but to the same extent, like Nick said, this is kind of what Greece did under the dictatorship. Uh, it's just they were kind of allowed to do that and we weren't allowed to poke fun and say, how can you have a connection to a society that is more than like 4,000 years old? That is ridiculous. That's a ridiculous idea. And then like ignore everything that happened in between uh, to your detriment, like losing all your artists and writers to other countries uh, that can embrace modernity. Yeah. Like, like to, to be I fair, mean, we, that's also why we pretend France is a democracy to, pr- you know, to protect the culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then like there's like farcical things that happened in like modern greek state building of like encountering islands in the aegean sea where people like self-identified as romans um uh, like there's <laughs> like it's insane shit like gr- like greek nation building was insane um but to the second point like if we're turning greece into the benefit of all european countries that i'll go back to my original point that i've made a long time ago but i agree like will insist upon we need to turn Greece into Europe's Florida. Zero income tax, build a Universal Park studio somewhere on Crete. Let's go. I'm down for um, that. Yeah. M- much like the original settling of Florida, it would be a, 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 a semi settler project um yeah, yeah, yeah. the one thing we'll have like a population of like rich syrians who like complain about like uh, uh rojava <laughs> being evil um um i have long said that the white syrians and lebanese in the u.s were the original cubans um the, um, the what's funny is that like you you're you have no democratic input as to whether you live in a democracy or not, right? So, like, the country can be like, all right, we're democracy now. And, like, if you disagree, there's nothing you can do, right? Because it's like you're, you're trapped, like, in the very confines of uh, the institutions and the definition. Uh, I mean, I think you mentioned this during the episode, Nick, about how um, the Greek Communist Party, you know, uh, boycotted elections for this very reason, because it's like, this is not a legitimate institution. And so if you're not working with a legitimate institution, what are your options? You don't really have much. <laughs> yeah, in the no, system. absolutely. Yeah, uh, and I, mean, I, I think I, that that's, that's a tactic that you see just internationally, right? You know, just that continues on of like, well, this isn't legitimate, so we won't take part. And then the international community will then look at it and be like, well, see, like they don't have support because they're not mm-hmm. taking part in the elect- electoral process. Like uh, and that's, I, 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 I want to say that, even if it seems sillier or less pertinent than Greece, because I do think Greece is a more uh, extreme example, this was the same logic of the RAF in West Germany. Like they thought we are created by the US and allies to, for a certain purpose, and we have no, we can't do anything. And that might sound silly, but the passage of the emergency laws in 1968, which gave the West German government, you know, the ability to you know, basically suspend uh, the rule of law, that the the final uh, the final end of the post-war occupation, um, and, I, and I mean, there are a bunch of American troops in Germany today, so like, yeah, I don't know the exact legal uh, terms, but con- the, the conditional end of the post-World War II occupation of West Germany, that was conditional on the emergency laws passing. And this was the exact argument that uh, West German leftists gave, which is like, so... 
you know, the, 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 the peaceful transfer of power can only occur if you still have like a fail safe switch. And this is what they pointed out when, you know, making their argument for uh, a guerrilla organization. And so you do have a bit of continuity, even though I do think the, the situation in Greece was uh, more dire um, across all of Europe. And like, that's also like another thing of like looking at Greece. I think it's very valuable. I think we lose this a little bit today and like, Oh, uh, you're a more privileged situation. Uh, <laughs> like it, it should be valuable to look at Greece and see like, okay, well our history or the current situation or repression of the left isn't as bad as Greece, but like, but there are connections here. <laughs> like yeah. it was a degree less or maybe several degrees less, but like of the same kind. And I mean, that's a very valuable means of international understanding and solidarity that uh, obviously the powers that be do not want you to engage in. Yeah. Um, I would say that on that note, we can, you know, close this episode out then. I mean, I know it's quite a short one, but it's also a pretty heavy topic that is much mm. more serious so, than what we do. Mm. Um, is there, I know that Kieran has something he wants to plug. So, no, this is coming out after that. Oh, yeah, true. Never mind then. So, uh, you, well, we, you, we want to do a St. Patrick's Day stream. Can we play yeah, that? Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do. Well, yeah, we'll do that. We're we're going to stream more often. So uh, uh, subscribe to the 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 Twitch channel, Twitch TV. I found a lot of videos last night. I found yeah. None. I was I was researching all this, so I'm sorry. No, you did a great job. Uh, Rob kept sending me video links throughout the night. That like when I woke up this morning to like 47 new messages from Rob. I was like, I'm just gonna give you. I'm just gonna give you editing rights to the playlist. I want. I don't want to spoil it. But if you watch the stream, you will see uh, a very fun activity is to just type into YouTube Harlem Shake and the most random tiny city in Europe you can think of, and you will find a video with 200 views from 2013 of <laughs> often five to 20 people, often overwhelmingly men, doing the Harlem Shake. <laughs> Do rock. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that then we can end this on a on a on a lighter note of then Rob looking up the Harlem Shake. Uh, I guess on that note, we will see you guys then all midweek for the bonus. Or I guess Friday or midweek. I don't know. Uh, probably going to do a, an update on Baden Württemberg as well after the elections and Rheinland Pfalz. Mm. And um, yeah, solidarity uh, uh, forever. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys, I guess, then for the regular scheduled episode on Monday then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. See ya.